This is Corolla Digital. Hey, you guys, it's me, Allison. I just want to say thank you so much for listening. If you like what you're hearing, which, let's face it, you do, tell a friend. You can listen to us all sorts of places. A couple of them would be iTunes or AllisonRosen.com. Allison Rosen, Allison Rosen is your new best friend. Allison, Allison. Hey, everyone. Hi. Hello. It is me, Allison Rosen, and I'm sitting here with Esther Pavitsky, who you might know as Little Esther. Very excited to have you on the show. I'm so, I'm like starstruck by you. Oh, my God. <laughs> you probably say that to all the beautiful ladies. I don't. <laughs> See, I was being um, self aggrandizing. Oh, did you know that all of the people who think I'm hot also think you're hot? So we're like, we're like a type that's the same. Did you know that? I didn't know that. Yeah. We're like, we're hitting on the same. We hit the same demo? Yeah. Like, How do you know this? Because people will be like, they'll just, I'll see random tweets over the last like four years that are just like, little Esther and Allison Rosen are the dream hot girls. And I'm like, oh, you guys are very specific because we do look alike. <laughs> right. It's like an interesting niche that we fill. Have you got, had that experience where you go on an audition and you're like, oh, that's the type I am? No, because I'm, no one's figured out that type for me. So it's always either like obese women or 15 year olds or moms or yeah it's just there's never do you have that where i enter a room that's filled with obese women or 15 year olds (laughs) no not that much but i get i do get that feeling i mean i do get what you're saying about um no one's figured out the type I am because I get – or not in a while, but I used to get sent out a lot on stuff that's very, like, hosty and sort of – I just feel like it would just be a kind of – parts for blonde people. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I feel like you probably – see, we're the same type in that you would also probably in that situation feel like this isn't me. Yes, exactly. That's what I was trying to say. It's I'm always in a room where I'm like, that I'm, I don't belong, but I'll be here anyway. <laughs> I'm a loser. <laughs> But I wonder if the reason that the same type of people like you and me is because maybe what they like is women who can hold their own around guys. I would say that to be true in a dream world, but (laughs) I think it's because we're brunette and like we just have similar faces. Okay. I think we look alike. We kind of do actually. Yeah. I hope that's not an insult. No. (laughs) It's a compliment. I never get to say that to people, so I don't know how it should be received. Have you not met people with our face before? No. (laughs) There's a few others out there. Not that many, though. No. Not that many at all. Not in the city. Right. Where are the rest of us, do you think? Like Illinois, Nebraska. We have Midwestern faces? Yeah. Did, what are you, where are you from? I, I'm from here originally, but then I went to New York in, in, in search of my face. <laughs> and I did not find it as much as you would think I would have. It's, I skipped the states that have my face, I guess. Well, what is your background? What are your parents? My parent, well, so Jewish. Okay. Basically. Then we're just, okay, it's we're just Jewish. That's all. We're just I mean, I can give overthinking that we're Jewish, that we're just a Jewish type. No, I don't, but we're not the regular Jewish type. That's true. Maybe, maybe we are, though. I don't know. <laughs> I can give my fancier answer, which is Russian, German, Austrian, French. All, I mean, that's what, all that. But I feel like Jewish is just the faster answer. Yeah. My dad's a Russian Jew, so I think that makes perfect sense. But you grew up in Illinois? Yeah. How was that? 
Oh, it was beautiful and glamorous. <laughs> it was fine. <laughs> How far out of Chicago were you? Uh, I was in the suburbs of Chicago. So the city was there, but we didn't, we just went for like plays and not even maybe like, oh, doctor's appointments and mm-hmm. plays. I saw the cutest picture. I think you posted it on Instagram. You have two older sisters? I have one older sister. Okay. And a mom that's prettier than me. Maybe that's who you're thinking of. Oh, did people think your mom and your sister were sisters? Yeah. Do you have that? Yes. <gasps> My mom looks a lot younger than she is and Same. also had us young. <laughs> but, I mean, now she looks younger than she is. But she had us young. And then my dad is older, so... Oh, my God. We're twins. Do we have the same life? Yes. So people Just so would, you know, the exact same life. That, how, what's the age difference with your parents? 15 years. 16. Oh. Uh, crazy. How old were they when they met? Uh, well, this is my mom's second marriage, so my sister's only my half-sister, so there's that, but... Uh, I have half-brothers. I was... Whoa. For my dad's first marriage. (laughs) I was, that makes more sense because he's older. He should have more kids before, but my dad just was like a gambler and he was too busy. Um, Losing money. That that was, (laughs) that got really dark. I'm sorry. I know. I like, the darker the better. That's how I feel. Um, What was I saying? Oh, my mom was 30 when she had me and I think they knew each other for like a year or so before that. Oh, okay. Yeah. My mom was 19 when she met my dad. Whoa. When they met, but I think they didn't start dating until. I don't know, she was 21 or something. I like they had met but then they met they met again later and then they got married when she was 22 or 23. I don't know, very young. But anyway, people were always like thought that three of us were sisters. Uh when but how we old was she when she had the first sister, which was, was Which that? that was me. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um she was 24. Okay. Yeah, my I think my mom was like 20ish when she had my sister, but then 30 when she had me, so well, so anyway, anyway, the picture, though. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, I what care. was this? I care. <laughs> but oh the God. picture, you were the cutest little kid, but oh. you look like you're crying. <laughs> and then there's your sister and your mom. Yeah. And what you said something on there, like, you know, this just shows that people have cared about how you felt since yeah, way back when or something like that. I forgot, like, the perfect example of how they always were in touch with my feelings and thoughts. Because <laughs> it's just they're both smiling. And I have this weird, it's not even a crying face. It's like, a, I've terror. just, terror. Yes, a terror face. So, yeah. And that is very real and true. Like, no, it's not, like, traumatic. But I did have the family that my mom would be like, smile for the picture. But meanwhile, I'm like, ah, scared and traumatized. It's so, funny. It's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's probably where the comedy comes from, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. Who knows? I was a pretty unhappy kid. Were you? Um, I don't think so. I think I didn't get weird and and sad until college aged. Because I also, if you saw, I also posted a photo of me as a child where I looked like I did Pilates for five hours every day. Like, I had the skinniest, best body ever when I was a little kid, which I guess well, most people... this is where we weren't twins. <laughs> <laughs> Were you a fat little I kid? I sure was, yeah. Yeah. See, people always think I was, but I Why? didn't gain... Because I, I just have... I think I have fat kid vibes. <laughs> And I, but I was overweight in college, so that's where things took a turn. Oh. So you had like a traumatic fat childhood. No yeah. offense. No, 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 none taken. <laughs> yes. Well, see, it's interesting that you in college. That's when you became sad and fat. I'm mm-hmm. wondering what the relationship is. Oh, that's a good question. I, I, I don't know. I think feeling a little lost and out of place, maybe being homesick, but it f- does feel like it had to be more than that. I don't know what it was though. But I'm. But do you think that the? Is it like 
you just decided to let yourself go because you were sad or like you were eating your feelings or gaining weight then made you sad and then it was a vicious cycle? I think it must be all of that. I just remember because I never have drank alcohol before and I remember all my friends would go out and drink and I would eat a box of Pop-Tarts and then take Benadryl. Like that was my college routine, which is But no alcohol. Horrifying. No alcohol. Still no alcohol? No. I, I People always ask why and I have like a million small reasons and not one big one so it's not that exciting i just don't i'm like scared mostly i don't know do you drink alcohol not anymore i'm see in that way we're twins but not yeah twins because we both don't drink except that i did drink a lot too much and that's why i don't anymore right but i don't say i'm sober because i could have a drink and nothing bad would happen oh i I see you know i mean and i did when I decided I wanted to quit, I did go to meetings, but I didn't do all the steps. Like, I, I don't really fit. I'm, and alcoholic, that never really – I never felt like that's what I was. But I was someone who wanted to, you know, gain tools to stop compulsive behavior. So right. I don't know. The tw- I do have a very addictive personality, though. Yeah. I would say similarly, yes, I have that too. I – um. I it was interesting when I moved out here I discovered for the first time people like you who were sober or whatever you know you don't drink like I was so excited by that because I was just in college and was like oh we're adults and now everyone drinks all the time and then when I meet like people like who had a problem or just don't drink I'm like oh my god we can do all the same things together and not be (laughs) drinking and it will be fun and you won't have to ask like aren't you bored because you're not drinking and it'll be annoying so yeah I think as you get older it's easier to not drink and not feel like such like you're the exception as much. I mean, I just feel like the early 20s, if you don't drink, you probably felt pretty isolated by totally. that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which led me to the Pop-Tarts. <laughs> <laughs> so where did you go to college? I went to University of Illinois in Champaign. It's like college town, cl- like um, sorority driven campus and not where I wanted to be at all. What Why about did- you? I went to Pomona College, which is in Claremont. It's a small school out here. I really liked it. For me, high school was – all school was kind of tough. But college, I really had a good experience there. That was kind of the first time that I felt like I could be myself and that was okay. Oh, that's cool. I think that that's the more common thing of people who – that you did you feel like you couldn't be yourself in as a kid? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You didn't fit in, and then right. you got to like blossom in college. Yes. I wish that was my story. That feels <laughs> so comforting and exciting. What was your story? Just that I got just what I said. College made me crazy, and then I guess when I dropped out, I and moved out here, I felt a little bit more. It, when I started doing stand up, I felt that mm-hmm. like I I found my place. But how long did you stay at college? Uh, I stayed there for two and a half years. I definitely was a person who definitely thought they were going to graduate because <laughs> I had I wanted to drop out my first year and then my parents just like blew their minds and it was not acceptable. And then it wasn't until like I really hit an all time low with like a pot bellies milkshake and like a lot of other shit that I was like, this is this is crazy. There, it can't whatever I do can't be worse than this. And so I was like, I'm just going to leave and see that out. What so. did you think you wanted to major in? Um, I started as a dance major because my whole life I was a dancer and thought I was going to be a professional famous dancer <laughs> <laughs> um, or a chorus girl. And then um, I switched into journalism, broadcast journalism. Um, yeah, but it didn't didn't work for me. 
Do you think that you were unhappy there because of the school or? I think I just didn't make the right friends. I, I bet if I made a good group of friends and found people to relate and connect with, um, then I probably would have figured. Or I think if I had found a boyfriend, I, it's really embarrassing to admit, but I bet if I had a boyfriend, I would have stayed in school, which is pathetic <laughs> for sure. But the truth. But you think you would have because you would have felt less alone or because... No, because like when I have a boyfriend, I just do what the boyfriend does and I just follow that. So I would have stayed there to be with him for sure. Are you not like a needy... Oh, no, I'm smiling. (laughs) I'm smiling because I basically didn't go abroad. Although I don't regret not going abroad, but junior year, almost everyone went abroad either first or second semester. And I didn't because I wanted to stick around to see what was going to happen with my older boyfriend who didn't have a driver's license but (gasps) played in a band. Oh my God, we're our twins. I had a boyfriend that in LA didn't have a car or a license. It was a nightmare. Why? I didn't really mind it. I mean, in retrospect, it was a sign. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, um, well, that wasn't the biggest sign. The bigger sign was that he really didn't really want to be with me that much. That mm-hmm. was the bigger sign that it wasn't going to work out. But um, yeah, it just meant that I drove a lot. Yeah, that's annoying. I let him drive my car. Well, my dad's car. He was my dad wasn't happy about that. What are your parents like? Um, ew. Who cares? <laughs> they're so they're frustrating. I just called them to ask them if I was eligible for an upgrade for the iPhone six because I'm on their phone plan. I pay my portion, but mm-hmm. like I'm on it. Right. And they were like, "Oh yeah, there was a special where it was free, but that deal ended." And I'm like, "You didn't fucking tell me that." Can I swear? Sorry. Yes. Yes. And it just I feel like that's another way to sum them up. Like. They wouldn't tell me something that would make my life convenient for no reason. They just wouldn't tell me because they just it would be like inconvenient to call me or something. They're just they're very selfish people. So they're I don't know. They're just doing their own thing. Do they listen to your podcasts? Sometimes. But they stopped and now I'm doing calling them. I'm pranking them. And until they start listening again, I'm going to get to keep pranking them and playing it on my podcast. How do you do it? Um. Well, the last one, I called my dad and told him that my mom, I found my mom on a dating website (laughs) and he was like very confused and like, he's 71 and he's just like, what? I don't get it. And then I called and then I, my mom was out. So I three way called them and told my mom to confess and she like confessed. So she was in on it. And then he got really upset and was like, people are going to come to our house. And then, yeah. (laughs) So I want to keep doing stuff like that until I can't anymore. That's a good sport of your mom to be in on it, though. She's been, like, loosening up. I think my mom sees me as a celebrity now, so <laughs> she, which is crazy and not right. But so she, like, does what I tell her to more now. What was the turning point for her coming around to realizing that you're a celebrity? Um, probably that I met Nicole Richie. <laughs> How'd you meet her? I was just on her reality show. And my, I think my mom's, like, starstruck by all the wrong things and now thinks I'm cool. How did you get to be on her reality show? Um, cause she, they just had like an episode where she came to a comedy club and they came to one of my shows. Oh, nice. We talked for like two seconds. It was nothing. I feel embarrassed that I even brought it up. No, don't feel embarrassed. (laughs) Cause now I'm remembering you posted it on Instagram, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And now I'm remembering that I wanted to, to know the story behind that shot. So now I know. Yeah. She's so pretty. She is? Yes. That's all I have to say. She's (laughs) so pretty. She's great. Whatever. Who cares? (laughs) Were you a a Nicole Richie fan before you met her? I was. I'm a Nicole Richie apologist. Okay. Um, I 
watch The Simple Life when I was growing up. Oh, yes. I did, too. She was so funny on it. Right? It was actually a pretty funny show. It was great. It was really good. It was before reality TV became this, like, super scripted and annoying thing that wasn't believable. And they just kind of, like, let the cameras roll on them. And they were funny. Anyone's funny if you just, like, watch them live life. And I thought it was really good. I prefer, like, chunky Nicole Richie, though, to skinny Nicole Richie. But that's just me. Oh, yeah. I feel like we all do. Yeah, she was well, cuter Well, maybe not her boyfriend. Fun. Her yeah. husband. Benji. Oh Is yeah, his name? Ma- well, the Joel well, or Benji whichever Madden. Madden it is. Yeah. yeah, I also miss the early days of reality TV. When, like, if it's Osborne. true, yes. <laughs> if it's true, the way they used to do Real World is they would just just film them like in a fishbowl, yeah, and then they would edit it down. As opposed to now, where I where the I think they have them redo scenes. Oh, yeah. Everything is heavily scripted and it's shot like a scripted TV show. Whereas, yeah, you're right. Like before this story was written in the edit. So mm-hmm. nothing was planned out, which was great. And yeah, I, I learned that when I had my own reality pilot and they were like, OK, so now your friend is going to be your love interest. And it was like, this is not what anyone signed up for. This what is- was your reality pilot? It was just a pilot about my life as a comedian and that was it. it it was the original version of it was just me and my friends with handhelds and then they wrote the story in the edit which was why it was awesome and then when they actually picked it up to a real pilot it they for some reason thought that they needed to like have this be the scene where you guys talk about your cholesterol and this is the scene where you eat tacos and so it just was were those actual scenes yes they were (laughs) because my friend sandy had high cholesterol and so did i so we had to like basically they wrote a storyline for us to follow and we were just like this is no it's not good it's not funny i always wonder when they create conflict on shows like that are the is that genuine though I mean, are people genuinely having it out, I don't talking know. into their Blackberries? I don't know, because I watch the Kardashians, and I'm like, this has to be so fully scripted. But I um, then I catch myself being like, but is it? It feels so real. <laughs> <laughs> Scott really does seem concerned. <laughs> I've never seen Scott seem concerned. He's concerned that she's having the third baby. He's oh, stressed really? out. I haven't watched in many years. Just throw on E and you will be in heaven. When I do catch it, I get sucked in pretty fast. Same. I know. I don't think I'm going to. And then I do. Because they're all like pretty and glamorous. But then they're just real like us. It's great. I think there's something about a face that's that close up on screen. (laughs) (laughs) That's actually my preferred way to be on screen. Right there. Right up in here. Yeah. As opposed to across the room where you get the whole body shot. Oh, yeah. Body shots. Right. Right up. Just. That my eyes be just gigantic. <laughs> That's my feeling about it. Um, speaking of things that are awesome to watch, do you have Hulu Plus? No. You need to get it. I know. So many good shows, especially because now it's fall, and fall is the greatest time on television. Favorite TV, TV shows are coming back with new episodes, and new shows are premiering, and Hulu Plus is making this fall the best one ever. And Hulu Plus has all the current season episodes of your favorite shows like Sleepy Hollow, Bob's Burgers, Once Upon a Time, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, tons more. Uh, if you're not caught up on your shows, catch up now on Hulu Plus. Gary, have you been watching your show? I've No, I've been trying not to. I'm scared of it. What is it? The third season of Scandal? Uh, revenge, no, fifth the, season of Revenge. He likes. Third, I'm, I'm a season behind on Revenge, so I could binge that, but I don't. You know, it's not good. You're going to though. Oh yeah. 
Because you have Hulu Plus. I do. And I got it for this exact reason. And I've been watching other shows because I'm afraid that Hulu Plus will suck me in. Because it always does. It does. Because they have everything. They let you watch every episode of shows like South Park, Family Guy, the aforementioned <gasps> Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Yes. Every episode. Real Housewives of the OC. Hulu Plus works on your computer, smart TV, Roku, Apple TV, Xbox, Wii, PlayStation, pretty much any streaming device you already own. With Hulu Plus, you're in control to stream as much as you want, whenever you want. Binge watch on all the shows you're behind on. Just $7.99 a month. Watch your shows anytime, anywhere. Special hookup for you guys. You get two weeks free, a two-week free trial when you go to HuluPlus.com slash Allison. That's HuluPlus.com slash Allison. Remember, go to HuluPlus.com slash Allison for your extra free week. And because then they'll know that I sent you and they'll be like, oh, look at her sending all these people. We love her. Okay. So back to reality shows. Okay, well, I read on your Wikipedia page that you turned down a reality show because it was too intrusive. Yes. Firstly, I don't know who wrote that, but there is truth to that. I turned down this this pile that I was speaking of. Like, there were three evolutions of it that I basically said no to. And then it they months went by, and I realized I had nothing else going on. And <laughs> then they, like, gave me the, I put in quotes, control that I wanted. And I was like, okay, yes. But then it ended up not it ended up i should have went with my gut and kept my no a no but look in hollywood no doesn't mean no sometimes <laughs> they throw an extra couple thousand at you and you're like sure that's a really low amount of money for tv but i was whatever <laughs> is that what it was no i, I mean it was just it, it was i they really showed that they were very serious about making this. Like, people flew in from New York, and they just were like, we really want this and really believe in it, and really made it seem like it was going to be collaborative. And it made they sweetened the deal in many nice ways, and I fell forward that. But that wasn't true. Because usually if someone wants to make a reality show about you, it's because you're a mess and they want to exploit you. Do you think that's true? Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Well, so what ultimately happened with it? Um, what ultimately happened with it is we made it, and then it tested really high with young guys and not so well with young girls. And then they were like, we want to reshoot this pilot and make it more female-friendly. And at that point, I had said no. And then my like through this whole process, I'd gotten like agents and managers for the first time. And they are like, well, let's just do it and see what happened. And I was just sort of like being handled at that time. And then that's when they were like, okay, to make you more of an, more appealing to young women, we're going to make this friend your love interest. And you guys are going to go on a date and see how it goes. And I was just like, I can't do that. Like I can't pretend that my gross friend John and I might or might not hook up and so it just ended up coming out so weird and bad and then they didn't pick it up which is like really great <laughs> <laughs> who was it who wanted to do it uh what do you mean like which network oh this was all at mtv oh, okay yeah but you know you ended up doing or you are doing a web series with mtv yeah right? later like about a year later i did a web series at mtv called esther with hot chicks that's on mtv com, and it's just like i used to when i first moved to la i was so shocked at how many like beautiful women are everywhere so i started this blog called esther with hot chicks where every time i saw a hot girl i would just ask her to take a picture with me and they were all like yeah sure we're like females they made them feel really <laughs> cool so they would do it and then i always wanted to turn that blog into something different and then this that's the web series so it's pretty simple i know one of the guys who is a who worked on it or who works on it john mugar 
Oh, yeah. That's not your gross friend, John, is it? No, no, no. That's John Campanelli. He's okay. a comedian. Um, oh, yeah. He, I feel like he was there for the beginning and then wasn't there anymore, maybe. Or maybe I'm thinking of someone else. But yeah, we're not. He's tall. I don't know him that well either. Oh, okay. <laughs> well. Semi well. But get well, to know him. Well enough that um, when I watched an episode, I was like, oh, John. Oh. And then I thought I'd bring it up now. And I'm so glad I did. <laughs> <laughs> right? I'm so connected with everyone who worked on it. Um, yeah. I can't remember now. It was a, it was like a year ago where we shot on. So. How did MTV originally find you to want to do the reality show? Um, through a really long-winded, very odd way. I When I first moved to L.A. to make money, I would like audition for being like random people on reality shows like there's a show like where you some like dating show where you went on and then you tricked your girlfriend or boyfriend and I auditioned to be on that and um I didn't get it and then like two or three years later one of the casting people was like hey we're doing this other show um we want a comedian for it will you just like try it out and I was like okay sure and what it was it's called it was called connected and it was a very very big hit in Israel where they gave five women handheld cameras and they all shot their lives and then they like wove all the stories together into an episode so like one episode would be about love and it would be all the women's like love stories and they so um originally Lifetime bought it and the, they sold it to the U.S. Lifetime bought it. They made it. And then they ended up not going with it. So then MTV bought it and wanted to make it like younger and more MTV. And so they met with me and they just like gave me the camera. And I didn't want to do it. I thought it was stupid at the time. And um, so I didn't – I basically wasn't doing it. And then my friend Benji was like, whoa, it's MTV. Like – you got to charge your camera and do this. Like he was just constantly like making me charge the camera and film stuff. And then when we turned that in, they were like, Oh, we like you. We want to select you to be in this show connected. And that's when I said, no, I've been working on my stand up for like two or three years at that time. I don't want this to be like the thing that I do. And then, um, that's when like they started to be like, well, what if we did it just all you? And then I still was like, no. And then like, Months went by and then eventually I ended up giving in because I'm just a human being, you know? I feel like I probably would have too. Except I don't even know that I would have said no so strongly at the beginning. Like, I'm, I'm impressed by that. I, I'm impressed. I think of it. Yeah. It's pretty good. <laughs> it's pretty good that you had that much of a sense of what you wanted to do and who you were. Because I, I don't have a real sense. I mean, I try. I sort of have a sense of who I am. But <laughs> career-wise, not so much. <laughs> yeah, I have. It, I am very surprised now. I feel like I would not have said no. I don't know. I was just like, it didn't feel right. And I just like trusted that because I watched Oprah throughout my life. And, you know, trust your gut. Smart. Yeah. In general, are you able to do that? Or if something doesn't feel right, are you able to trust your gut? Because for me, if something doesn't feel right... I will be convinced it's because I'm all fucked up inside and then I'll talk myself into being okay with it and then nothing good happens. That's an interesting route. I can go that route too. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) I can totally relate to that route for sure. Yeah. But in general, do you trust your gut? I guess I technically can't because my gut, if I trusted my gut last week, I would have quarantined myself and filled my apartment with Ebola provisions and I would not be here right now. Oh, right. I want to talk to you about that. On Instagram, I noticed that you posted about having written an email to your doctor to ask about Ebola and she calmed you down about it. She did, but that that was temporary. I know. Today, I'm kind of having another flare up. Um, Why? Well... So firstly, what happened was, I think it was last Wednesday or something, 
it, the news broke that Ebola was in the U.S. And at the time, I was actually at an animal shelter visiting a dog and uh, who had behavioral issues. And I shouldn't, he was like the perfect dog in every way, but was, wouldn't let me touch him without attacking me. But anyway, I, was, I wanted to stay there and give it more time. But then I saw like my friend texted me that Ebola was in the U.S. And I just got in my car, drove to the grocery store, bought bottle, huge glass bottles of water and was like, okay, I'm here. I am now in my apartment. I'm not leaving. Is your friend also frightened about it? Um, yeah. Is that what the text was? Like it's happening. Yeah. We're yes. Okay. We're in this together. (laughs) Um, so then like my boyfriend calmed me down and my doctor, I wrote my doctor an email and she wrote, you know, like this is not we're sanitary. It's going to be fine. Like you have a better chance of getting measles, whatever. That helped, um, knowing that, you know, things the CDC said helped, even though I don't believe them anymore now because there's a man in a hazmat suit at the airport today, a doctor who it said CDC is lying to us. So that has to be explored. But that just is all happening now. So I, I haven't really looked into it as much as I want to yet. But because of that and because... So wait, you feel like because you saw a man in a hazmat suit that said cdc is lying to us like you believe that that's making me spiral a little yeah okay yeah he is a doctor and he did have some evidence where he said that Wait, how do you know he's a doctor in the news they in the article they said oh. he's a doctor i would know if i had looked at any news today <laughs> don't tell anyone <laughs> um so yeah that and just like my friend because my friend benji's kind of freaking out like that's causing me to freak out and so yeah but look you know i gotta just relinquish control there's nothing i can do hopefully i'll survive are you in therapy (laughs) (laughs) um when i remember to make the appointment i'm in therapy well i wonder because you said there's nothing you can do you have to just relinquish control and that sounds like a therapy kind of thing oh yeah i was in a, a intense therapy program earlier this summer so i've learned some things what else have you learned um i learned a breathing technique for when i fly where you breathe in and then you count to three and then you slowly blow out like it's a balloon and i do that on airplanes during turbulence are you afraid of flying no although after 9 11 i i began to be afraid of flying and of people and just of i remember seeing this guy covered in like white pride tattoos and things and freaking out over that when in retrospect right after 9 11 it was just any sort of strong well, I mean, that's scary on its own. That guy's probably not going to – that's not scary right. in 9-11 kind of way. Right. But still, just anyone that stood out scared me. Right. I, I totally relate to that, obviously. Um, another thing I learned in my therapy program was that we all have an, a core belief about ourselves. And mine was that I'm not good enough. And so that will influence everything that I do and say and how I relate to other people. Um, what are other good things? Common – for young women is like all or nothing thinking Mm, yes that i suffer from especially with like eating and uh just like my work these are just little tidbits (laughs) (laughs) so you are referring to this as a therapy program is that do you just mean you went to therapy or was it an actual program it was a program yeah i'm i can't believe how crazy i'm coming off i really apologize you have no idea how crazy (laughs) most people are that are on this show oh i listen so you don't sound you're not coming off crazy at all you're coming off as open and that's good okay cool so what was the therapy program um well i will just say it was an intense therapy program that i attended uh five days a week for eight hours a day for two months and i will tell you more about it off air okay (laughs) That sounds kind of awesome. It was 
it was awesome. <laughs> it was great. It was um, really cool. It, you it was just like a lot of group therapy and a lot of like basic lessons, and it was good. Yeah. What was going on before that that made you want to do that? Um, just like some lifelong instabilities that I finally had the right health insurance and had the right amount of free time where I was like, oh, I want to do this. So it's, it's like a rehab for just like a rehab thing, <laughs> little thing. That sounds awesome. It was. Yeah. I recommend seeking help. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a pretty fearful person? Oh, yes. That is my, yes. Is that your thing? Always and forever. Yes. I don't know how to swim, and this weekend I was peer pressured into going down a water slide, which I just crawled down, didn't even slide down at all. And then when I jumped in the water, I told my friends, like, this isn't going to go well. And I, because I don't know how to swim, and I was holding a kickboard and had, like, a flotation device strapped to my body, I didn't know because I was jumping I was going to go under, so I inhaled, breathed in water, and then for 24 hours thought I was going to die of dry drowning, which is when it's, like, secondary drowning. So you're, because you inhale in water, your lungs get filled with fluid, and then you die in your sleep. It usually happens to children ages 5 and under, but I thought I had it. So I texted my doctor friend, and he eventually said that if I wasn't turning blue, I would be okay. So then did you just stare in the mirror the rest of the day? Um, well, I saw Gone Girl, and <laughs> I was having a shortness of breath, but uh, my boyfriend was just like, just shut up. And I was like, I'm going to drown in my sleep next to you. That's going to be on you. Oh, and because he forced me down the slide. So I was like, "This if I die, it's your fault. I feel like... Do I sound fun? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you sound like me. Oh, really? I, so I know <gasps> how to swim, though. Oh. But I don't like haunted houses. I don't oh, want to go to Not yes. Scary Farm. No, yes. I don't want to paraglide. Mm. I don't think I want to kayak. More times than... I care to admit, I've thought, yeah, those paddle boats look fun. And then we paddle on, because, you know, those paddle boats, two people sit in them and you pedal. Mm-hmm. I think they're called paddle boats, though, not pedal boats. Maybe they're pedal boats. Anyway, though, so then you sit in them and you pedal away from the shore. And then I realize I don't want to be on this thing. I'm not having fun. Let's go back. <laughs> I'm just generally not fun. I yes. Are you I also like planned fun? Are you also afraid of scary movies? Yes. Did you say that? Yeah, yes. Same. I well, the first time I ever went on a roller coaster, I remember thinking I would rather jump to my own death than stay on this roller coaster. <laughs> what one was it? Do you remember? It was a the supposedly the most easiest one at Six Flags in Chicago area. It was awful. I hate rides. I am with you. Planned fun. Let's go for a picnic. Let's watch a Disney movie. You know, let's just live it up in Mm -hmm. our own, by our own rules. One time my husband said, and we were talking about my family. (laughs) (laughs) He said, I get why you don't like horror movies now. This thing of like. Nothing is as it seems and people aren't being honest with you and (gasps) just feeling like you don't really firmly have your feet on the ground. It's like your life has enough of that. You don't want to escape into that. (gasps) And it makes me wonder, people who love horror movies, do they have really good home or like really Mm. stable home lives? I can't imagine they do. But at the same time, for me, it's like oftentimes I feel like I live in a world that's a little bit similar to what's going on in a horror movie. I mean, that's very, very extreme. I don't mean to say anything. Do you ever watch a VHS tape and then you get a phone call and die seven days later? Like that kind of stuff? Only once or twice. (laughs) No, but I mean, if I even think about 
urban legends, I can I can creep my I can creep myself out just by thinking about it. And I'm not happy with the commercials for Annabelle right now. Oh, oh, oh. Every time they come on, I'm like, that that's where that's where yeah. like close eyes closed. Same. I have like a procedure, yeah, cuz it'll give me nightmares or just make me go to bed with weird thoughts. Can you not look at something scary before you go to sleep? Oh, no. Yeah, that's asking for trouble. For Wait, sure. do you have all sorts of weird OCD things about the last word you look at before you close a book and not always, microwaves? but <laughs> sometimes. What's the microwave thing? Just I don't, I don't like to put food in for an even number. No, even numbers. Okay, I don't like it to end on a zero or a five. Same with my alarm clock. Now I sound crazy, but I've talked about it before <laughs> on the show. I don't like to set my alarm for a zero or a five, so I'll like wake up at eight oh one or something like Can that. Can I ask the why? I feel like everyone else is uh, doing the zero or five thing, so I'm just gonna <laughs> chart my own course here. So it's like <laughs> a, a flare. It's like a junior high kid who doesn't want to look like everyone else thing. Like you want to yeah. be different. It's my version of uh, dotting the I with a heart, I suppose. Oh, okay. Yeah, I never have OCD things that are related to anything other than fear. So that I don't relate to necessarily because I would I could see myself doing that, but I wouldn't be OCD about it. Right. I would only be OCD like. The, I don't want the last word in the book to be a scary word. I, I totally get that. So what other kind of OCD things do you have? Um, well, I don't consider myself OCD at all, actually, now that I think about it. But um, I'm a hypochondriac, obviously. I mean, who isn't? That's like base level stuff. Um, my my boyfriend's new thing that he says is it's always something. So it's like always he'll, he'll be like, what's going on? I'm like, well, my tummy's a little sensitive and my uh, shoulder still hurts from my tetanus vaccine. Like, I, I don't know. I'm just really in tune with things that are bothering me. <laughs> so how does that make you feel then when he says it's always something? Or is it said with love? Um, I'm I'm very chill about it because he'll listen and like take things seriously when – well, the best actual example is that I just had my physical and I had like all the blood work and all that stuff done. And my doctor's notes on the report were everything's normal except vitamin D levels in all caps, very low. And I reported this news to my boyfriend and like I had the biggest smile on my face and couldn't stop laughing and like was so excited that I found something that I had wrong. Like I felt <laughs> so special. Well, you just feel so validated. Like something is wrong, and I'm, you know, it's like you. I don't know. That's 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 me. I don't know. <laughs> Where'd you meet your boyfriend? Uh, we met at a party. I thought he was cute and started talking to him. How long ago was that? Mm, like a while ago, two years ago. I usually don't talk about this. This is so huge. This is an exclusive. <laughs> scoop. We're getting a scoop. Is he a comedian? No. Oh, no. No, no, no. What does he do? He's a writer. Oh, what, is, what kind of stuff does he write? He writes comedy. <laughs> he writes on the show Parks and Rec. Oh. Wait, do I know who it is? I don't know. He's been on my podcast. His name's Dave King. I don't know who that is. Do you know who that is? Well, now we all know who Dave King is, oh, though. Oh, no. I can't believe I dropped his name. He's going to be so mad. <laughs> Does he want to remain in the shadows? Kind pushing of. Pushing you down slides and things? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so. He's a, yeah, he's a comedy, a TV writer, but he's not one like Harris Widows that everyone knows. He's like an under-the-radar one. Right. Which is why I carefully selected him to be my boyfriend. You didn't want a, you didn't want a Harris Widows? No, I don't want someone that's like on the scene. Although he's, I feel like he's... Every time he's like, I feel like he's on the scene, I get upset. Why? 
because I, I've dated comedians before and I don't want to date another performer because it's just too intense and like, yeah, I just wouldn't want that. What's it like dating another performer? I actually never have now that I think about it. I mean, aside Whoa. from musicians and things, but I've never Oh, dated... that's way worse, by the way. Musicians, if you date musicians, you, you're not evolving. That's so funny. What Was that awful? Dating musicians? Or watch her married was... to one. <laughs> no, I'm not married to one. <laughs> um... I mean, that was when I was younger, mm-hmm. and so everything was awful. <laughs> but yeah, it was kind of awful, but it was also very exciting. Wait, isn't it getting older like the coolest thing? I, well, it, except for back pain. <laughs> <laughs> right, that is the downside. Um, the thing that, the part I don't like about getting older is feeling like, oh no, I'm getting older because I did so many things young. That I really felt like I had this edge. I'm the youngest person doing this. I'm oh, the, I was that person. Mm-hmm. I'm the I'm the youngest of all my friends. I'm the da da da. And like I very much that's in my past. Now I'm just old. <laughs> You're not old. I feel old. But so I don't like losing that. But that's very much just ego based. But in everything else, yes, getting older has been better. I can't believe how I feel like I make better choices dating, and I just you get all this these bad choices out of your system and it just feels like things are getting greater. Yes. But except like now, you know, like all the apocalypses that are upon us, that sucks. But do you feel like now is a worse time than other times? I do, which I know is very egotistical uh, and narcissistic to think. But yes, I was just talking about this earlier today. There's like about three or four apocalypses that are like on the way. What, What are they? One is the environment. The other is resistance to antibiotics and the third is the machines taking over. And then the like fourth and fourth and fifth, which are like my own personal ones, are Ebola and uh, ISIS or any terrorist organization that wants to kill innocent people and make their own country. That's just like terrorists. I'm fucking crazy. <laughs> what happens when the, the machines take over? So when the machines take <laughs> over, um, basically, like. Uh, all human jobs are becoming, you know, oh, right. obsolete. Well, that's or, already happening. Yeah. So I think in like five years, there will be machines that serve drinks and drive us. And so I think eventually the machines are supposed to like outsmart us and then kill us. If the machines are going to take over, might I recommend one for removing hair? It would yes. be the No-No Pro. You guys have heard me talk about No-No. No-No Pro is up to 35% stronger, faster, more effective. Uh, with No-No Pro, you get weeks of long-lasting results, and it's totally painless. That is what I like best about it uh, because I feel everything, and they said it's painless, and I said, <laughs> I'll be the judge of that, and then I was afraid to try it. But then I actually I turned it on, and I tried it, and I, glide, I you just glide along your skin. It takes away the hair, and... Not only is it painless, you literally don't feel it. I literally did not feel it. Uh, and guys, it's great for removing the hair on your neck or back. No more nicks, cuts, ingrown hairs. No, no pro works on all skin types, all hair colors, safe and effective for both men and women. So there's ex- a special exclusive offer for you guys. You get the No-No Pro device. You get an exclusive facial kit. You get a very snazzy travel case. If you order online, you get a free gift card. And the entire purchase is backed by No-No's triple guarantee. If you're not 100% satisfied, they'll refund the purchase price, refund the shipping, and even pay for you to ship it back to them. You don't risk a penny to try No-No today. Call for details. Terms and conditions may apply. Here is where you get it. Go to nonoprobestfriend.com or call 800-336-1665. Again, that's nonoprobestfriend.com or 800 Six one six six five. Okay, so you were the first female guest on Joe Rogan's podcast, oh, right? Yeah, I was. Yeah. And I know that you and did you do a 
series with Duncan? Are you are you just friends with Duncan? We're friends. And you've been on each other's podcasts. Yes. And uh, he actually worked on my MTV web series. Oh. Yeah. Very cool. He was in one of the episodes, too. So how did you meet all those guys? <clears throat> um, just through stand-up. I feel like everything is just through being at a comedy club and, like, you made a video and someone liked it and just, like, kind of through that. I met Duncan at the comedy store. I met uh, Brian Redman at the improv and uh, met Joe through them. So so I, I can't believe we're this far into the show and I haven't asked this, but how did you get into stand-up? Oh, I mean, that's such a boring question. Don't worry. Uh <clears throat> I mean, boring answer. I, I think, I don't know. I just, I always thought I wanted to be a performer and I didn't know what stand-up was growing up. And then I went to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival um, when I was like 18 and I saw stand-up there for the first time. I saw Marie Bamford and I like, blew my mind. You know, when you have those moments where like, oh, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen and I'm so impressionable and I want more of this. And that's when I sort of decided like, oh, this is cool, maybe I'll do that. And then um, a couple of years into college when I was like at my peak sadness, I was like, oh, now's the time. And then I did it, started doing it. You Did you just do an open mic first? How yeah, did you do it? totally just like open mics. And it was around the time of the uh, presidential election in 2008, isn't that? Was that, that was when the there one? was one of them. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and so like I would often like do Sarah Palin stuff and like I, that was like, my start <laughs> is pretending I was Sarah Palin and that's like how I would get attention in bars because that was interesting to people. And so, yeah, that's obviously not anywhere near what I do now. What if I was still doing Sarah Palin material? That'd be insane. <laughs> be uh, I'd be the worst comedian. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I started doing it there. And then when I dropped out, I really pursued it full time when I moved down here. Do you still love it? I do. I, I was thinking about this other day, though. I... There are times when I hate it. And so if I meet someone when I hate stand-up, then I'm like, oh, they're going to always think that I'm, like, miserable and don't like this. But there are – I truly do go through periods, like, months at a time where I'm like, I really hate this. This is not what I want to do. And then it'll go away. And now I'm, like, I'm just having the best time with it. It's, like, fun and good and such a good outlet for me. When you're hating it, why do you think that mm-hmm. is? Um, It could be <clears> – it could – be because maybe I had a, a couple too many bad shows or just because I'm like unhappy about something else. And so I like have nothing to talk about that I'm excited and having fun with. So just get into like these moods. And I've decided to allow myself to let that happen and, you know, not force myself to do it if I'm miserable doing it. How frequently do you perform? Um, I would say right now I'm in a good rhythm like four or five times in a week. And are you excited before each time? No. Because I hear and doing anything four or five times a week, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, well, usually I feel like the gym is like four or five times a week. <laughs> That's like the perfect, as Tracy Anderson says, six times a week is the sweet spot. Ew. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, no, I sometimes, it's all just about like, do I have a thought that I'm excited to share? And curious as how people will receive that thought. Mm-hmm. That's what gets exciting. Otherwise, performing, I still am, like, kind of nervous and stuff. Do you get nervous beforehand? Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, But I'm, I'm making a push to not because I'm way better when I'm not nervous. How do you do that? Um, I think 
I don't know. It's just like a mental strategy of just telling yourself that nothing matters. Maybe my new like apocalyptic personality is helping <laughs> actually because I'm like, well, we're all, all bad things are going to happen. So the set at the um, this bar in Culver City, no one that doesn't going to help or hurt anything. You had a, a um, podcast, or you still do, with Brody? Oh, yeah, yeah, we do. Yeah, Brody and Esther on the Death Squad Network. Yes, we do it pretty infrequently because he travels a lot, and we both have our own podcast that we do, but when we can combine forces, we do that, and it's really fun. How did you guys become friends? Um, same thing, comedy store, stand-up scene, hanging out. Um, and then, I don't I I think the podcast... After Brody had his little breakdown, um, he wanted to do a podcast again. And then it was Brian Redman who suggested that he should do one. We should do it together because we both were wanting to start back up. And then that's kind of how we got close. And then he moved into my apartment building. After his breakdown was when we really, like, became buddies because he needed a place to live. I helped him with that. I was, like, really kind of, like, driving him to the grocery store and taking care of him, which is kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> did you like it? That's what I mean. Yeah. No, yeah. It was, I it did. Help. It was good. We actually really helped each other because, um, like, he would encourage me to go on hikes with him. And it was, we were, had like a weird little father daughter friend thing going. I don't know. <laughs> sounds super intense, but it wasn't. That sounds nice, though. Yeah. That it's nice sweet. to have someone in your building also. Because I was single and I didn't have friends. And it's just, that's always fun, you know? Having a friend. It is fun having a friend. Yeah. Especially at the beginning when you're like, I have a new friend. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's been a while since I've had that I have a new friend fun feeling. Let me be that for you. Okay. (laughs) I will let you be that. Gary, how long has it been since you've felt like I have a new friend? How fun. I feel like it just happens infrequently as an adult. Um, It's probably been like two and a half years, but before that, I can't even really remember. It's it it is it's it's rare that that kind of thing happens. Daniel and I, that's my husband, went to visit his younger brother at college, and his younger brother goes to the college that I went to. So it was fun to go back Aww, and see the campus. Whoa. But we were sitting there in his dorm room, and a friend just of po- his just popped in and was like, "Oh hey, you know, we, you guys must think I'm the rudest person because I just barged in." And like we totally didn't though, but. And then we, when we were walking around the campus with him, just noticing the different people saying, hey, 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 you know, it just reminded me so much of that sort of being surrounded by friendly people all the time feeling of college, which you didn't have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but which I did. And yeah. I missed that. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, that's but how you I had feel. that in your building, it sounds like. Yeah. And that's also how I feel about like the comedy scene. It's like you show up at a show and you see like four or five friends and you just get to hang out. I wouldn't know how to. It's, it's yeah, that's great. It's cool. Let's do just mirror everyone. Sometimes I ponder on something I have thought or done. Is it just me or everyone? All right. Just Dawn says, even though I know it's a recording, when I hang up on a robocall, I still mutter, fuck off. Um, sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't. I've never done that. I have been free recently because there's something wrong with something where I get, like, six in a row every, like, five days from the same number, and that gets frustrating. WW Leader Amy says, just me or everyone, think baby on board sign, excuse me, think baby on board sign equals douchebag driver. I was going to hit you, but, oh, now that you've got that sign, forget it. 
See, I found out recently that that's supposed to be for carpool lanes, which I had never thought of before. Oh, but that's what somebody told me was that that's, that's smart. So that if a Life cop's hack. behind you, yeah. yeah, I we should all get them. Yeah, I the thing with the baby on board sign is like, I'm like, oh, I would like that treatment. I would like you to treat me as though I have a baby on board, so that you'll be nicer to me on the road. I don't know. So maybe you should get the baby on. Maybe we should all get those. Yeah, but then you know flood the market and then no one will care <laughs> you're right <laughs> do you guys ever drive in the carpool lane alone i no. don't Never. adam i think adam would i think uh, he pe- weaves in and out of it he has before yeah i i just it scares the shit out of me yeah me too question though do you cross the double yellow lines no Even if you got two people no that's the other thing that adam will do because i've been in a car with him when he's done it yeah it, no would. i'm afraid i would get caught me too that one just seems like an easy one to get caught where on the freeway, you can't see that far behind you, but a cop can totally see you from 12 cars back do that. I feel like right. I see people do it all the time. They though. do. Oh, they do. And then I want to, but I never do. Yeah. <laughs> Paris Paramus says, if you love a certain new song, avoid viewing its video for as long as possible. Just mirror everyone. I never see videos anyway. Wait, why would you do that, though? Why would you avoid the video? The video enhances the experience. Maybe he or she thinks the video detracts i guess yeah i guess you want to visualize your own like have your own experience but that's like people who say they don't want to know what the songwriter says the lyrics are about i always do want to know yeah you got to be curious come on yeah video yeah i i don't know i don't i never i can't remember seeking out a video in the past five years it's been Um, a really long time have you not heard taylor swift shake it off well see but that's what i'm saying like the the ones like that that you kind of need to see just come across Mm. my digital life Mm -hmm. like a I, I always watch them because they're they are really good. Wait, do I need to see Taylor Swift shake it off? It kind of. Yeah. I mean, it's it's yeah. I'm sure it's a little bit worth watching. Yeah, it's a good song. What about it is so great? The video, just you know her attitude and <laughs> stuff. What about Taylor Swift isn't awesome? How about that? To my me, friend has a pretty big crush on her. I feel like she looks like a tall nine year old. Like she's not yes. sexual to me. A pretty er, hot. Do you watch The Americans? No. Do you watch The Americans? No. All right. There's a show called The Americans <laughs> with Felicity on it. I haven't seen the second season, but the daughter looks like a tiny 30-year-old. She's the opposite of you. Uh. <laughs> it's really weird. All right. Christopher Shank says, if I drop an unused Q-tip, I have to throw it away. It's no longer sterile. Yeah. Um, Q-tips are not sterile. I know. Ooh, I'm with this guy. I'm in the world where I think they're sterile. All right. I think I would throw it away, but I wouldn't have to. Same. Have we talked about this, though? I don't always use both sides of a Q-tip. Why not? You are, you're so not economically responsible. I guess I'm not. Because I feel like whatever's... If, like, let's say you're using it to remove nail polish or something, or there's just something wet on it. Mm-hmm. If you flip it over, it's probably going to touch your hand. Unless you're, like, being very careful with it. But, like... Make sure your hands are clean when you're using Q-tips, you know? Right, but I'm saying you're still going to get the nail polish remover on your hand. Okay. And then what? There's a fear that you break out, or why can't you just wash your hands when you're done? Oh, well, yeah, I have very sensitive skin and nail polish remover. Well, it's gross, first of all. And it could get, let's say you're removing red nail polish, it could get red on your hands. But mostly just because I don't want to, whatever the Q-tip's been in, I don't want to touch it. That's, that's what it is. With nail polish remover, I get it because that stuff's like strong. It's like acid. You yes. feel you're scared of it. Yeah. yeah. All right. Brent Hudson says, a watched smartphone never charges. Just mirror everyone. 
No, I don't have that. I will watch my phone charge. It charges a lot faster if you don't. In my in my opinion, seriously, yeah, because if, you're, if I'm watching it, I'm inevitably going yes, to interact that's with true. it, and oh. it will drain the battery faster. But your phone will also charge way faster if you can af- if you can afford to put it on airplane mode. Yes, like three like three times faster. I I'm never guessing. knew that. Yeah, because it's no, it's not trying to maintain a signal. Mm. Turns off all the antennas. That's smart. And like close all the apps in the background and turn down your brightness. This go. guy knows. He does know that stuff, for the yeah. apocalypse. Although I did get served a little bit on some battery info I gave a couple episodes oh my ago. God. So I'm sorry, folks. All right. Please feel free to Google. Are they right? I don't know. I'm sure they are. <laughs> there were links. I'm sure. There's been, yeah, there's I'm been the a lot of guy. hubbub about that. About One of them whether was like it's batteryadvisor.com. I'm sure that guy knows better than I do. What's the. There's batteryadvisor.com? That was one wow. of the links that I saw for sure. Uh, Gary said. What did you say? It's good to let your phone once in a while let it die all the way to zero. Yeah, and then the question was: Should you plug your? Should you charge your phone Mm -hmm. all the time, or should you let it die? And Gary said, "Let it die." And then a lot of people wrote in to say that with the new batteries, you can have them plugged in all the time or something. Oh, yeah, I don't. So I'm an asshole. I do feel like the "let it die" thing is like the old wives' tale of our time. The articles that they sent said that that used to be true. Oh, okay. And apparently I'm just not up on my battery info. (laughs) I would think that you would be. I would think that I would be, too. That's why I said it was such authority and then got fucking owned. I'm sorry, (laughs) Internet. That's humiliating. Okay. Lennox Ruiz says, just me or everyone, when I'm gaining weight, I make myself feel better by telling myself I'm just prepping my body for upcoming winter. Well, there's no seasons around here, so I don't have that. But I will justify it like, well, it's healthy to be a little fatter and or like my face will look younger. I do have my own justification system for getting with all the apocalypse eye coming. Yeah. You 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 want a little extra. Absolutely. Especially Ebola. (laughs) You'll lose a lot of weight with that and a lot of fluid. You want to stay plump and firm. That's weird. What are all the signs that you might be coming down with Ebola? I imagine you well, would know. Well, the first one is weakness, so watch out. Um, <laughs> it's like if flu-like symptoms. And then I don't want to talk about what happens when you get it, but it's you'll want to die if you have it. All right, move, let's move on. Okay. Todd Lawson <laughs> says, is it just me or does it feel wrong to watch the current Colbert Report before that day's episode of Daily Show on Hulu? Um, I feel like Caitlin can speak to this considering he watches both shows every night. Yeah, I always go to Daily Show first. Really? Yeah. Why? Just because? I don't know, because it, it feels like a little more serious to me. Yeah. And then I like like the goofy persona afterwards. It's like more news in the first half hour and then just more laughing in the second. Yeah. I just don't think it feels wrong to watch them out of order. That's all I'm going to say. No, it's, and a lot of times I'll like build up a lot of episodes. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, when Thursday comes around, I'll have like three of each and then I'll just kind of binge watch yeah pick and choose all right based on the guest i usually save the good guests for last mm. i like to wait for those ones amy baker says just me or everyone when eating popcorn i always take handfuls that are too big to fit in my mouth but cram them in anyway yes, yes. and then i spill always. it everywhere yeah i where you have like popcorn in your bra and stuff yes. when you take it and out. on the floor Absolutely. yeah is totally. there any other way to eat it really just one piece by piece, and they would take all day. No way. What is it about popcorn where that's the food? You just have to, like, be a yeah. monster with it. Or Maybe it's, not it's worth so it. light. Yeah. Cotton candy. Because you would effect. never do that with peanuts or something. Mm-mm. 
Interesting. And then finally, J. Mose and Bobos says, It's trash day, and I have run out to the curb to throw additional trash away. I'm afraid people driving by will think I'm a hobo. Oh, I've, I've done that, but I've never had that hobo thought. If I look like a hobo, that's the least of my worries in a regular day. I do, and I've talked about this before, but I have to bring it up again because it is a, a part of everyone's life if they have a dog or a trash can. I feel bad throwing a bag of dog poo in someone else's trash can if it's on the street, if if it's clean before my bag goes in. I like when I look in and I see like four bags and a bunch of flies because I'm like, well, I'm not the asshole at least. There really should there should be receptacles on the street just for dog poo. Agreed. See, I feel bad using anyone's trash can for anything. Like, I park on the street a lot, and I'll be getting out and have to throw away, like, an empty water bottle or something. And I don't feel like I'm doing anything wrong, but I feel like every single time there's a potential that somebody's going to come out and start yelling at me. That's crazy. If someone yelled at me for that, I would just yell right back at them. It's garbage. So would I. Yeah. (laughs) I don't want that interaction because inevitably I'm yelling at someone your size or something, and then I just look like a fucking monster because I do. And then I pull out a gun. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) But yeah, that I always feel like somebody's going to freak out on me for that. To the point that I know that, like, their, their thing would be, like, that's an invasion of my privacy. And I don't know what I would say to that, except, like, I don't give a shit about you. An invasion <laughs> of their privacy to open their trash can? I feel like people are sensitive with, like, other people. Than, like, I feel like, yeah, people get sensitive with, like, the trash. Huh. I don't know. It's all about Maybe the timing. Maybe shit up. Well, see, I feel bad if, if the trash has been picked up, but the cans are out there. I feel bad putting my trash in the can. If the trash has not been picked up yet, then I, I feel totally fine about it. I feel good about it. I feel good about I, my yes, timing. I feel much better about it that way. But then, but see, on the, on the flip side, then I think like, well, what if I see something in here that somebody's not going to be happy with me seeing and that's what they're yelling at me about? I don't know what I'd say to that. Like a dead body or like something what? Like, that. like okay. you know, animal leg or something. Okay. <laughs> Neon green condoms. Yeah, exactly. A bunch of pregnancy tests. <laughs> I don't know. Right. It could be any of that. The fountainhead. There you go. <laughs> so you said that you're not super keen on your current apartment, right? No, I'm not. How come? Oh, I, is this is this something you don't want to talk about on air? I shouldn't. It's yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. <laughs> We just want to talk about it on air. But I do think that I need to move before sharing a bathroom ends my relationship. That's all I'll say. Do you have two sinks? No. We have one bathroom. I don't like having a bathroom that is my personal space where I do all my things. And then that's also the guest bathroom. I don't want my guests to see all my, like, creams and sprays and stuff. That's my that, – that, I'll just leave that. That's the main issue. And I also don't have heating or air. How do you live? I don't live. <laughs> I don't. I have an electric blanket, and that helps in the winter. But otherwise, it's like it's frustrating. Isn't it illegal for an apartment not to have heating? Oh, I don't know. I thought it was uh, in I've New York. That. It is. Maybe it's uh, not out here. Yeah. But um, well, that sounds miserable. It's yeah. It better I mean, be a cute apartment. It is very cute. So I'll give it that. But I don't care about cuteness as much as I care about functionality. I learned that the hard way after living in a really cute place that I didn't like for very long. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Just the places that are super easy to live in but are not very attractive are more are more pleasant. That's totally. That's what I've learned. Yeah. You know, it's like. As Oprah says, a car is transportation. You don't need a fancy car. You just need a car that will get you from point A to point B. That's how I feel about most things. 
I didn't know that Oprah says that about cars. She said it in one episode, so that, and it stuck, stuck with me because yeah. I have a shitty car, and I'm like, well, this will make me feel fine. <laughs> so what is it that is your favorite thing to do of all the things you do? Of all the things I do, my favorite thing is, <laughs> I don't know, take a ballet class. Do you still do that? Yeah. Yeah, that's a fun thing to do. Do you dance, perform? No, just take class i never i weirdly was never really into the performing side of dance i always just like the practice of it and the discipline and just the way it makes me feel it's like any exercise class but you feel a little artful and <laughs> like a pretty ballerina are you on point no i don't i did that in high school but i don't it'd be not safe for me to do that these days why because you don't do it enough to be strong enough or? yeah i think like i'm trying to speak ballet like i know what i'm talking about <laughs> i read those books okay i think Satin slippers i th- <laughs> <laughs> um i don't know i think like the the ballet school i went to point was so serious and like dangerous and intense that now i like just learned that i can't mess with it unless like a trained professional is overseeing everything i do and i don't feel like i would get that attention at a ballet class in la for adults who aren't real dancers (laughs) (laughs) well so actually what i meant of your favorite things that you do although that is a good answer i meant um like acting or doing a web series or doing a tv show or doing stand-up or um, podcasting, all, the, all all those career things that you do. What is like your real focus? Um, I have to say stand-up is probably the thing I enjoy the most when it's happening the right way. Because I think like the reason people get so addicted to stand-up is because they'll get to share a, th- a new thought of theirs and get the instant gratification of people laughing and enjoying it and relating to it. And I think that's like the same high that I'm always going for and chasing so probably that specific feeling which is not always easy to get so it's like that makes it even more exciting so Mm -hmm. i think that's a fun thing but i also had a really fun time with my web series because it was this idea i had and i got to like i created it and made it and it's like my own thing and that's the first time i really had that experience um because before i've done like little acting and other people's stuff but you realize like you're just like a almost a prop in someone else's story when you're doing that stuff, which is still fine, but it was exciting where it was my story that I was telling. So that's fun. It's fun to like be the creative force behind something. You feel you feel like a big strong man. <laughs> Speaking weird? of men, you were on Key and Peel, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Congratulations! Thank I saw you. a blurb about you in Entertainment Weekly. Oh and I yeah. was excited. I was like, I was just tweeting with her. Ah, I know. Yeah, that was cool. Um, I love that show. Is so funny, and those guys are so cool. I love them so much. <laughs> Awkward segue. Do you cook? <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Well, if you were going to cook. Or even if you just want to eat, which everyone wants to eat, I would recommend you get Blue Apron because what they do is they take the pain of cooking away and the stress of it. They take it all out of that because they send you everything you need to make a delicious, healthy meal. All the ingredients all measured out so it's super simple and you don't do that thing where you go to the grocery store and you buy too much of something and then you have to measure it and then you're like, what do I do with all this extra celery Oh, I need this. You do? Yes. Yeah, because they give you just the exact amount, and it's fun. It's like all these extra little – all the fancy things that you probably – well, if you're me and you were just doing it on your own, you wouldn't. But because it's Blue Apron and they send it all and it's right there, it's super easy to be fancy. It's just nine ninety nine per meal. And they send you these really great um, simple – recipe cards that have the whole recipe broken down with big pictures um 
and it makes it just really easy and fun to do. Meals are 500 to 700 calories per serving, way too low for how delicious they are. You can make stuff like grains of paradise steak with eggplant and Israeli couscous, fennel, bucatini, blue potato cakes with escarole, apple and pecan salad. It's all so good. Cooking takes about half an hour and shipping is always free. So end the stress of cooking right now. Go to blueapron.com slash Allison and get your first two meals free. That's right. Two meals free. Two meals free just for going to blueapron.com slash Allison. I heard you gasp. You're I'm sold, in. aren't you? I'm so in. It's, it's crazy. really good. And since I've been doing it, I, um, I've been saving all the recipe cards. So now I have my own recipe collection as well. Ooh. They're like on thick cardstock, so you want to save them, and it's they're easy to make and they're fun. Do my husband's you been getting choose into it. your recipe, or does it like send you a random one? You can you can customize it a little bit. Cool. Oh, yeah. I'm so in. This is yeah. Exactly and if what you're I a vegetarian, needed. they have vegetarian options too. That is cool. Mm-hmm. Well, Esther, thank you so much for being on my show. <gasps> thank this was you. super fun. Did we talk about everything you want to talk about? Anything you want to talk about? I, am I allowed to ask about dog stuff? Yes, to- you totally are. In fact, that was sort of what was in the back of my mind was like, oh, we haven't talked about that. Because that's originally, you You heard uh, my story of what happened to Oliver and you contacted me and then we were talking and then I was like, you should come on my show. So that's actually how we sort of know each other. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I just... That really was an intense, crazy thing, and I'm so grateful that you shared it. And I still, I don't, it's, like, hard to say this stuff because I don't know how it's going to affect you. But, like, I look at your Instagram pictures, and I'm not going to, like, be specific, but, like, I'm, like, I just obsess over them and, like, really feel feelings about it. Thank you. Yeah, and I, but I think you have, like, updates maybe on what you, did you get? You we got, got a new dog. Yeah. yeah. Her name is Wendy and she is super cute and she's the same kind of dog. And some people are like weirded out by that, but, um, not at all. But to us, she doesn't, people are like, you got a twin. It's like, no, well, I get that you think that because to you, oh, all dogs yeah. of a certain kind look the same. No. But to me, she looks totally different. I mean, she's twice the size that he was cause he was so tiny and, um, different her face looks different she's just totally different but she's she's very sweet but i do still miss him a lot i mean i still look at my old instagram photos and i um i don't know and then i was thinking how much of my sadness is because i'm trying, I'm trying to figure out how to put this so that it doesn't sound like awful but a huge I mean, so it, it's just grief. There's just, it's just pure grief. But also it's this, he was a part of my family. He was in kind of a part of the show. Everyone knew about him. He was the cutest dog in the whole universe. He was so rare because he was so fucking cute. Like, and it's this loss of this sort of my identity as like I had, he was my dog. And like, I feel like I've changed. I think anyone who loses a dog feels like that, but I'm wondering in some, in some way, the fact that he was so unique, like Mm -hmm. how much is it because of that? And I feel like, well, now we have a regular dog, which is probably like, I would, I would never say that in front of her. (laughs) (laughs) I don't, I don't know. I think I understand though. You're saying like that was a part of your identity was having this really special dog. And yeah, I didn't realize it was going to be, I didn't realize he was going to turn out to be the cutest dog in the whole universe. You know, yeah, I actually it was Chelsea Pretty who told me about your dog, oh. and we while were, he was still alive or after, I think this was after, and she 
was just like I've always looked at this dog and always like been a fan of her dog. It was, <laughs> I'm like that's fuck, that's crazy. What the hell? And then like I kind of got in on it. And... Yeah, it's um, it's just so. He was unusual in that way and that I think that he did have his own fans. Yeah. He really did. I mean, people would tell me they had his photo on their phone. He just was so – he was so special and unusual and – um, I lost my train of thought. I think that it's just so – I still have trouble thinking that's how the story ended for this dog. This dog that I thought was going to be part of my life at least – 12, 13, 14 years, you know, I thought that he, when my husband and I get a house, he would come with us, we, you know, we would get one with a yard that he can play in, and then how will he get along with our kids, and we're going to get another dog one day, and how, it's like so weird to think, no, he didn't make it to his second birthday because he got attacked by an off-leash dog, and then went into kidney failure, and we had to put him down, and like, I just, I'm still like, what? I see. <laughs> like a needle scratches in my head every time, I, like, what the fuck? Like, how could, excuse my language, how could that have, have be what happened to him? Right, you just don't understand, like, it doesn't, it doesn't yeah. make sense. I'm curious. He was a year and nine months. I, I mean, I can't even fully go there with yeah. you right now because it's so painful and absurd and awful. How is how are things though now? Like with the new dog, are you happy and is it good? Like, are you having a fun time with it? Yes, but I do think maybe we rushed it a little bit because now, well, my husband seems to be further along in the grief process than I am. I mean, we both still, he still gets sad. Like I think just yesterday he had tears in his eyes about it or the day before. I mean, so, you know, there's a lot of tears still, but in general, I'd say he's adjusted to it more than I have. I'm still stuck in the, like trying to figure everything out and what happened and this bed and that and da da da, you know? Um, and, but anyway, I guess what I'm saying is that we, I feel like we rushed it a little bit in that now we are grieve. We have this sweet dog and we're grieving as opposed to, I don't know what the alternative would be. I guess the alternative would be waiting until we are like fully feel like our hearts are mended, if that's even possible and totally ready a hundred percent to love a new dog. I think that we are mostly ready and we are, I mean, she has a good life and I'm so happy we have her. So I guess that's it right there. I'm so happy we have her because I was having trouble getting out of bed. I just, that the emptiness inside was, was so just, we, we would just wake up and be in tears before we even got out of bed. And I just get up and be like, what, you know, like both of us are like, what's the, we, I mean, we were really in it that, you know, the beginning. But so now when I wake up, it's like, she's there and I'm happy. So the pain is still there for sure, but it is better. It is. It like is she's helping. Yes, yeah. totally. Totally. So, yeah. So there's that. That's good to know, though. That's it's good to hear. taking so long, though. I can't, I'm sure it's going to be a long thing. It, but I do. My instinct when I heard everything was like, I, I feel like a new dog will help, but not replace, but just right. help with everything. I know that when something similar happened to my parents' dog and they did that. And it, well, they're old and they're, they just like got over it because they replaced the dog, but it did help having a new dog. It always helped when, but this is obviously way more intense, but what happened to their dog? Well, he just, he had to be put down. He had, uh, he was like, it was, he was four. I was not 
really like of age i don't know but when i was little we had a dog and he was like i think he was like two mm. and he had cancer and it was really bad and they, were, they had to put him down and same you know when when the dogs die young it's like it's so sad yeah because then you're like well i should have had more time whatever yes. you know i think everyone knows when you get a dog it's just a heartaches coming but when it comes so quickly you're like what yeah that's not okay but But it's so weird i'll pull up to our apartment i've had this thought more than once and i'll think because i can remember my life before i lived in this apartment i haven't Mm -hmm. lived there that long i'll pull up and i'll think oliver's entire life oliver's entire life with us happened in that apartment like we got we moved into the apartment before we got him Uh and he died before we're leaving it's very weird like that's to me that just sort of puts this context of how short his life was. Anyway, now that this is super depressing. I know. <laughs> um, but thank you for asking and and thank you for for being a fan of his. Thanks for <laughs> talking about it. It's really awesome. You have a super cute dog, right? Pepper? I did. Pepper, he I couldn't take care of him on my own, so he lives with my parents now and oh. their dog, so he has a better life away from me. Well, he's very cute. He's super cute. I like I'm obsessed with him. Yeah. But now I'm now I want him back, and my parents are too attached and won't give him back to me. Is so, that why you're at the shelter? Yeah, for I've, a new dog? I've been looking for a new dog for months now, and it's been a long journey. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on my show. Thanks for having me. I would really love to have you on my show. I would love to do that. Yay. Okay, yay. Um, let's see. Everyone can follow you on Twitter, at Little Esther. Totally. And where should they go online to find you? Um, just at Esther Monster on Instagram. I feel like that's it. All right. You can follow me on Twitter at Allison Rosen. You can follow the show's Twitter feed at A-R-I-Y-M-B-F. We have a ringtone. Hey, 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 go fuck yourself. <laughs> you need that for obvious reasons. You can search Hey, Go Fuck Yourself on your iPhone. That's how you find that. We have two special bonus episodes available, recorded live at the L.A. Podcast Festival. First one with Doug Benson and Greg Proops. The next one with Doug Benson, musician Matt Costa, and much of the Thursday gang. Those are $1.99 in the comedy album section of the iTunes store. If you're going to buy something on Amazon, which you are because they have everything, click through the banner on my website, AllisonRosen.com. It doesn't cost you anything extra. It helps out the show. I think that's it, right? You can follow Gary at G. Patrick Smith. It's on Twitter. Kaylin still does not have an online presence. I do not. All right. Thank you again so much for doing Thank the show. You. Thank you guys for listening. I love you. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen show?
is Corolla Digital. Now that the show's over, don't forget to check out Blue Apron. Blue Apron sends gourmet recipes and all the fresh ingredients you need to make them right to your door. Go to blueapron.com and see what's on the menu this week. To get your first two meals free, make sure you go to blueapron.com slash allison. That's blueapron.com slash allison.